Hi, folks. Welcome to Buckmaster's Outdoor Podcast with my buddy Bill Jordan Realtree. Man, we go way, way back. About a year or two. <laughs> Maybe 30. You know, everybody's going, man, it seems like yesterday y'all were doing TV and this and that. But, you know, when I look back at it, the Buckmaster's Classic, where it all started for me, and it also started for our relationship. That's correct. And it seems like it's been... It's hard to believe it's been in that many years. You know, you talk, so many people say, you know, how time flies, it really does in this yeah. case. And it's hard to believe when you and I first got together back in 1986, 87, yeah. uh, which is a long time ago now, that, uh, you know, we were both trying to, to make a living, trying to see what we could do. And mm-hmm. of course, Buckmasters uh, sprung a lot of good things out there for a lot of us in the industry and uh, all the different people we hunted, had an oh, opportunity yeah. to hunt with. Well, you know, I, I look at my first little list of folks, and, you know, we have Bo Jackson, and Bo mm-hmm. was so nice to come. And uh, I know a member his manager said, hey, he really needs to get out and mingle with folks. He loves to hunt. He wants to come to your deal and stuff. And you remember when he drove up, he had that Yamaha in the back, yeah. everything. I mean, he was decked out, ready to go. And I remember he was there was a berm out there, and he kept riding up this berm, and all of a sudden he rode up that berm, and I, all I could visualize is that four-wheeler was coming down, yeah, and he caught it. And he just put it down. I was going, oh, my event's going to be over before it starts, you know. <laughs> Bo Jackson Especially probably at the time, one of the biggest names of all, exactly. all time in sports. Yeah. And you remember, that was the Bo Nose mm-hmm. era back in then. And uh, you remember Jay Bars, the Olympic gold medalist. Olympic gold medalist, no Jay Well. And took Bo out there, and he had Bo at 60 yards in 30 minutes. I mean, just a phenomenal athlete. Well, you know, you and I talk about this. To be able to shoot a bow, you have to have hand-eye coordination. Bo had all that. He had it. And, and, and my biggest takeaway with Bo, you and I have talked about this years ago, uh, you know, where we think we're he-men and we're shooting 65, 70 pounds of our bows yeah. and, yeah. you know, force pound pulls. Here's bow like 90 pounds, 90. like it's nothing to it. it just... and, I, and I couldn't do it with my feet and my hands, <laughs> you know, but... Uh, You're just, right, I forgot about that. He was drawing 90. 90 pounds. And it was just like, how in the world is anybody drawing 90 pounds? And he did it just, you know, no effort, you know, all with right. it at all. But, uh, you know, that was a remarkable time for me. I said, you know, when you and I first got together and... Uh, Realtree kind of became a sponsor, you know, oh, Buckmasters yeah. back in the day. and uh, But the different people that you had in that we both made friendships right. with over the years, the Jeff Foxworthy, yeah. the... Earnhardt was the Earnhardt, one. Earnhardt, Dale. It was yeah. funny because, you know, I was getting the folks together and yeah. we had like, I think it was Lynn Dickey, the quarterback. Yeah, that was one of the first ones. Jody Davis and Rick Sutcliffe, Johnny Lee, Bo Jackson, and Dale Earnhardt. And I called a friend of mine and I said, I didn't, I didn't know anything about NASCAR. I was clueless back in those days. I said, I got some guy named Earhart that's a driver. He said, you got Ironhead? I said, I don't know what his name is. I thought it was the Earhart. He said, no, man, it's Earnhardt, and they called him Ironhead. Yep. He's coming? I said, yeah, he's coming. And I never forgot that, and he couldn't have been any nicer. But you remember the ATV officer? Well, oh, you, didn't yeah. have to, you won the bow competition. I won the bow competition. But I had to come up with something to get the Yamahas in. You know yep. what I'm saying? So I, we did an obstacle course. And, you know, some of them were, golly, I was sitting there going, please, just don't drive into the pond or any of that. But I never forgot Earnhardt beat Bo, like, by one second. Yeah. And he was cocky. You know oh, what I'm saying? I know. And he walked up and said, hey, congratulations, Bo, for coming in second. I thought Bo Jackson was going to deck him right there. Well, I tell you, I think that was a fun thing. And all those relationships got yeah. forged with doing the events yeah. and staying at, the, you know, the lodge there, you know, Southern Sportsman and just yeah. – Everybody became friends, and you find, you know, for me, you kind of found out there was a fraternity there. You know, even though everybody came from a different walk of life, different sports backgrounds, but the common denominator was uh, they loved to love to hunt. Loved to hunt. Loved that. Be and you know, the cool thing about it is they were willing to say they yeah. loved to hunt. 
yes. because I was dealing with all the PETAs and the animal rights folks and Hollywood stars. So my thought was, let's go get the athletes, yeah. you know, and the country music guys, you know, because our lifestyle and that grassroots. Yeah. And they were willing to say that. Some of their agents on some of the guys, no, let's don't say a hunt. But they had no problem with it. And, that, and then, you know, you meeting Dale Earnhardt, then it turned into y'all having a relationship in NASCAR, Davey Allison. Davey Allison, Richard Childress. Richard Childress, yeah. all yeah. of those guys. And you were yeah. able to, you know, really get those guys in real tree. And, yeah. you know, it's just, it was, you're right. It was a small fraternity, but they all knew what we were trying to do at the Classic, and that was to celebrate hunting, and they were willing to come in. And, you know, we did it for, what, 15, 16 years. Very successful. And, you know, and again, we made so many friendships out of it. I mean, you know, you talk about Wade Boggs. You know, you Boggs. Talk, talk, talk about Boggs. <laughs> Uh, you know, and, and I tell you, and, and even uh, my lifetime, you know, becoming friends with uh, Wade and his wife, mm -hmm. Debbie, but what a tremendous athlete, what a oh. tremendous hitter yeah. that he was with the Boston Red Sox. And remember, we bring the pitchers in, and Boggs and them would be doing a hitting thing, and he'd say, all right, I'll hit the real tree sign over here, then I'll hit, you know, the tank sign over here. I mean, you know, he was such a great, he's one of the best hitters of all time. He was way before his time. If he was playing right now, my Lord. You know. Well, he, he made a living, as you know. You know, Wade could have been a home run hitter, but that wasn't his game. Nope. And playing in Boston, playing against the baseball fans, yep. against that green monster, yeah. uh, you know, I went up there and spent a couple of weekends with him, my, with my wife and mm -hmm. Shannon and his wife, Debbie. And we'd go, he'd take me to the ballpark early. And uh, you've heard me tell you this yeah. story, you know, where people used to come out from McGuire and, and Sosa, you know, right. hitting home runs. The opposing teams would come out there and the fans just to watch Boggs hit. Yeah. It was like a machine. You know, if he wanted up the third baseline, he hit third. Yeah. Third and short, there. Back up the middle, back up the middle. Yeah. And the green monster, which we both know made his living, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he'd get up there and take his swings. About halfway up that green monster, he'd go up there and go straight down yeah. to the ground. He made his living off of, oh, yeah. you know, led the league in doubles. I can't tell you how many times. Oh, I know. And just, but he always told me, because I yeah. took my son down and, you know, he was helping my son, you know, but he said, my dad told me to get back in the yeah. box, let the ball come to you. Your swing's the same, except he made a living over there in left field. He did. And he, he made a good living. But one thing about Boggs is, <laughs> you know, you know the stories. Yeah, I was a prankster from day one. A big you prankster. You know that. And, you know, he and I, he and I had, we pranked each other. Yeah. You know, even though. They even were though brutal, Wade, man. Yeah, you know, it was brutal. Wade and I were close, but I, I tell you, one of the ones we were, for the people out there, you know, we were all standing in the lodge together, and, you, yep. and you got people from NASCAR, you got people from country music, you got baseball, you got football, all these professional people in that building. And, and so uh, one one day when I got to know Wade really well, and uh, his room was right across from mine, and every morning he'd go in the bathroom, and the first thing he did, he'd take Carmax, mm -hmm. and he'd do his lips. I mean, every morning, every, first is a ritual, every time yeah. he woke up. So about two or three days into the into the hunt, there was Tink 69, which was one of your sponsors. And so Tink 69, I, I carved out and I, out of his own Carmax. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I got down, I poured the Tink 69 in it and then covered it back up slightly, you know, just where he couldn't see it. And I'm sitting there in my room and he, we're all waking up and all of a sudden I can hear him kind of like in there and he said, he said some nasty words and I yeah. said, I got him. You know, he hit that thing, put Tink 69 all over his lip, and there was a few choice words came out, yeah. and he went, he came straight across the hall, and he said, I know you did it. I said, did what? I mean, I'm acting like all else. He said, I know you did it. You put, he said, try to, I don't want to smell Tink 69. I said, that's Carmack. He said, no, you put it in my car back. Never told him different, never, never yeah. fessed up to it. And so about a day or two later, uh, you know, with this longer hair that I got, I have to yeah. I take a hair dryer with me. Yeah. So there's my hair dryer in this bathroom. 
And so two days after the CarMax deal with Team 69, I go to blow dry my hair and he put all this baby powder oh, in it. God. And when that thing came on, it blew baby powder over me, my face, yeah. and I'm trying to get it you know, off of me. And uh, and he he was trying to get me to like to commit, uh, admit to it. Yeah. I never said a word to it. I just cleaned up my mess and just did like it when it came out there, my hair all dry. So he got you, but he, he didn't got me know back. he got you. But I didn't tell him he got me. <laughs> but he did get me. Well, hey, in Foxworth, you know, and Jeff's oh, yeah. a good friend of both of ours. He's, he's your land neighbor here, but boy, Foxworth said, Bush, he said, that Boggs guy and that Mr. Perfect. You Mr. Remember? Perfect. Yeah. They were wearing Foxworthy out. I never forgot because, you know, Foxworthy wanted to go to bed. Foxworthy wanted to go hunt. You know, yes. Boggs and them, they were having fun and all that. So. Um, at four o'clock in the morning, they were coming in, so they went and got Foxworthy out of his bed and threw him in the pond the at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And, uh, and then the next year, he said, I'll do it one more time, Bush, but I can't handle, I can't handle boxing perfect. So he said, I'll take care of him. So he went and locked his door, had a little chain lock on it, okay? At four o'clock in the morning, he they would go get the key from Jim Mason out of the main office, and and he could hear them opening, and then in the door opening, it hit that chain. Fox went and said, "Ha ha ha! Can't get me this time." Perfect, and Box stuck the fire extinguisher yes. in there and just lit him up, and he he left out. He said, "Bush, I love you. I ain't never coming back if those two are still here. They just crushed him." I know. They well, I think him. that was I think that was a fun thing, and it, and it, it was innocent fun. Oh, I know. You know, and it, know. It, it was all good, but uh, you know what? Just great memories for us, and like you said, time goes by in a hurry for all of us. And I remember uh, you were running late one year because you know, remember the yeah. crowd was packed. And oh yeah. The cars are parked all the way eighty, and you're running late, so you drive in there, and I see I'm I'm over there MC, and I look over there, and this Jeep is you know coming in, and it goes parked next spot, and I see it kind of roll to the side, and I was going. Who is that? Jordan. No, I was trying to get by. You know, I was trying to get by all those cars to get up there because I, I was running late. You were running late. And they were they were cars from the lodge all the way out to the main highway. Yeah. And I said, well, I'm gonna go this way. And I was weaving in and out and saying, you know, I, I know I needed to get there for the events and stuff. And all of a sudden, I just went one too over too far, and that that truck just went. Down, down in the water. And we were pulling brim out of the back, wow. out of your back seat. Remember the water's in there and there was a little brim in there. I was going, oh my God. But anyway, just you just made it. Fun. I made it. All right, let's talk about, because we're here at your place, but we started, when we started the Buckmasters TV show, yep. you invited me over and we did that here at Callaway Gardens. We did. On the Callaway and part of your property now. Yep. And uh, I think back of that and I think about you kept telling me, and I've learned you're a professional gar holder, and you're good at it. You're one of the best I've ever seen. And uh, Bush, I'm sending you to the Chevy stand. I'm seeing ten bucks down there. I'm gonna go up here to the power line. You, you know, I just want to hear you shoot and stuff. And uh, I knew you were up to something. And I said, Well, look, it's your place. Why don't you go to the Chevy stand? No, 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 no. I knew you were on a good deer, and that was a heck of an eight point. That's a good eight point. That was one of the biggest eight point I've ever seen. That's like I said, we were just doing TV. It's probably one of the biggest deer you'd shot on the property. It, it, you know, it was. And I tell you, being here in Georgia, you know, we're not known for like Iowa in the Midwest, but we really do have some good deer here. And uh, you know, my family's uh, got some nice deer I have off the properties. But uh, that eight pointer kind of helped launch us into the Monster yeah. Bucks DVDs. Yeah. If you remember that. I remember that. You know, all our Monster Bucks series that we had, but. That eight pointer came right off here at, uh, in Georgia, in Harris County, Georgia. And the thing is, y'all got that Wisconsin strain. We do. Uh, you and I are 110 miles away from each other. All different. And our deer don't even rut till the end of January, end of February, and it's just a smaller deer body size. And you've right. got the Wisconsin strain. Well, you know, that's crazy how that works. 
Yeah, well, we, you know, even though a river, you know, separates us, but, you know, uh, a little bit of history when people go back or well, the state DNRs, you know, stock programs of deer. The, uh, deer came from different parts of the country. Yeah. And uh, our particular region right here just got that Wisconsin strain. And, you know, where our rut is, you know, the end of October, first week of November, like your rut doesn't get kicked in until almost Christmas time. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Now, the other thing I, re that I remember on that trip is that I had a snake chap sponsor. Yes, you did. And, you know, it's funny. I can travel now 37 years of doing yeah. this thing. I can be at a restaurant, I can be on the beach, I can be at an airport. They don't come up to me, hey man, a great buck you shot this or that. You're the tall skinny guy that jumps and screams from snakes. That was my trademark. It started right here. Well, it started here and uh, you know, having Thompson Mills as that yeah. snake chap sponsor back in the day and they're not that far from us and right. in our farms. And, so, uh, you know, when they said they want to bring a couple of rattlesnakes oh. over and, uh, and oh. test their stuff out on camera, yeah. I thought you were the perfect candidate. <laughs> I, I, said, I said, Jackie, we'll sign up for this. To this day, and I remember it was Dan Black, you know, he was yeah. one of my first producers. He set the camera up and he probably 100 yards away Wasn't and just close. focused in on it. And who's sitting right next to him? You. You're not up there with me coaching. I don't do snakes. You're back there with him. I don't so do snakes. I knew I'd get set up. And I'll never forget this. He had two snakes. And you remember, they, they were as big around as my, my leg. That's true. They were big. And he had two of them down there. So I was leaning toward one. And when I leaned toward that, this one strikes me just pretty close in the growing area, okay? Yeah. So I'm screaming and jumping. And then Dan says, hey, I got a problem. I said, what? He said, it wasn't in focus. I said, I'll tell you this one time. I'll do it one more time. But I'm not doing two. You get that one out of here, and I'll deal with this one right here. So I remember, and you're back there laughing. This snake's head is about like that. Remember? I remember. So I leaned in, but I put my I put my hand on my knee so I could push out. And I think it was Roy Roy said, get your hand up. Don't put it down there. He'll hit. Cool, I remember I raised my hand up. When I did that, that snake hit my leg, and it was just like, bam, and the venom went everywhere. I know. And I was a state high jump champion in the Y at nine and ten. I think I won my third title. Well, I you were known for that. I went up that high, I and I still to this day I still scream like a like a little girl. And I'm sitting there going, "That's the only sponsor I think I gave their money back on." Well, it started you, right here with you. Well, it started right up. here, but th that that was a good thing, and, and you got well known for that. Well, I mean, you know, every camp I went to, yep. there's a snake prank. There's a snake yep. prank. Well, what I don't understand, snakes, the poison can kill you. Right. I mean, I mean. It is. Now they bring snakes out where I've got flip-flops or I'm barefooted and I'm throwing hamburgers and this and that. I mean, it's, it was brutal. I well, mean, it, it, that, that's that innocent fun again, but I, I've, <laughs> I've done the same thing, obviously with, with chaps and stuff on and snake boots, but I put my leg in several times, you know, and gotten bit. We did uh, over at Bugmasters one time at the Classic. Yeah. You know, he brought the oh, snakes yeah, he over brought there. Them back. And the hardest thing was to put that leg out there and let a snake and strike like, you because your reaction was to bring it back. Exactly. But they hit hard. Oh, well, there's no question. Yeah. Well, that was the days of TNN. And, you know, you did not yep. think about that. You know, we came in with the show, then y'all came behind us and stuff. That's been a long time ago. It has been. Well, you know, the, the thing for both of us, I mean, the TNN for us was, was heaven sent back in the day. And, you know, you don't have the fragmentation that you have right now. And everybody's, you know, oh, yeah. got the, yeah. all the YouTube stuff and everything that you can watch content on. But right. TNN, uh, you know, that audience was with us. You know, we, we NASCAR was on there. Rodeo yep. PBR yep. was on there as yep. well. And then the hunting and fishing. And we had big audiences back in the day. Oh, golly. And now you look at the camera technology. Think about it. Think oh, about yeah. those big, heavy cameras our camera guys were carrying. Yep. I mean, 25 pounds, and they cost 50 grand. You know what? Oh, no. And now, today, you've Small. got these little bitty cameras, maybe for 
$5,000 yes. and the quality and they bring the light in. I think the two famous words I remember way back, and I, I know now why most folks never did a whitetail show, it was the light. The cameras no. couldn't draw the light. So when we were hunting in the mornings, we were ready to hunt, no light. In the right. afternoons, we were having to quit. And the famous two words was don't shoot, yep. don't shoot, no light. Don't shoot, no light. Well, and again, from your naked eye, what you could see and what the camera uh, picked up and for daylight and darkness and evenings, it was probably almost as much as 15 minutes. So you take oh, 30 yeah. minutes of prime time out of your hunting Perfect. day. And, and of course, everybody said, yeah, last light, this deer came. Or, yeah. you know, when, when, right after daylight, this deer. Well, we couldn't film a lot of time. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I, we've been there too. It was crazy. I think we did, I think we did most of all our shows the first two or three years in Texas. Yeah. yeah. You know, just where they were, you know, at least they were daylight and yep. stuff. But it's crazy the technology though. I, I, I've been, you know, and now we got social media. Yeah. You know, you watched it. I mean, it's all fragmented, but there's just, you got different age groups watching. They're on their phone watching it over here. Now you got TV, it's streaming and all of that. Well, you know, and again, it's a sign of the times. And of course we got to, you know, be in there and, you know, the neat thing for me, I have a 31-year-old son, and I'm an older dad, which we know, but 31-year-old son and a 17-year-old daughter about to turn 18, and a 14-year-old son is about to turn 15. But I learned so much from them. Mm -hmm. You know, their habits of how they get content. Oh, yeah. And uh, so the television thing for us is still very important to us, but you also got to get into that younger audience as well with YouTube and everything else and the streaming. And, yeah. and so uh, as a company perspective, it may not be, for me and you as much, but I totally get it and I totally yep. understand it. You know, you're just trying to reach those people. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the cool mm -hmm. thing is, you know, you've got three kids yep. and you know, my kids, they didn't want to be part of the Buckmasters. You know, my son's a dentist and yep. my daughter's been very well professional, but you know, they were on the show just like yours were on yep. the show. But Tyler looks like he's taking, you know, you got him in the business and you weren't sure. He was wanting to be in the business, but he's doing a wonderful job on TV. Well, I appreciate that. Tyler's, Tyler, from an early age, really enjoyed the outdoors, you know, hunting and fishing. And he's, in his own rights, uh, has become a good outdoorsman, you know, turkey hunter and deer hunter and bow hunter. Uh, so it's, it's really neat for me as, you know, uh, as I'm getting older to have him, you know, step into some, doing some of the things I used to do. And then uh, both my daughter, who's 17, is a senior in high school, and my 14-year-old son, they both like the outdoors as well. So from a parent perspective, and whether they get in the business or not, it's okay. But uh, the main thing is I got them involved in the outdoors, and all three of my kids love it. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm in the grandparent stage now, so I'm trying to get my grandson, Jack, his first deer here this fall. So we always look at it and go, yeah. you know, you got three lives. You're, you know, you're single life, you're married life, and then you're getting your grandparent life. So yep. you'll be there one I'll day. I'll be there. It's just one of those deals. But, you know, we've just been blessed, both of us, to, to be able to help promote a lifestyle that so many people enjoy. And I remember when I knocked on the door at ESPN or TNN, are you doing a hunting show? Yeah, we're not doing it. We'll do fishing. Right. Once we put that classic on as yeah. a pilot, and then they, they flew in and said, hey, we want to do a deer hunting series. And then, boom, it was well, all. Well, all the outdoor shows, and I think you and I were very lucky and blessed to come through when we did. And, uh, you know, I think that one of the biggest joys, you and I have talked about this in the past, is wherever you go, some people come up to you, hey, man, I watched you growing up. Mm -hmm. and, you know, when I was this age, I watched Realtree Outdoors or Buckmasters. Right. And, and so, uh, you know, there's a lot of reward for that. And, I, you know, for me, I'm hoping that we uh, got some people in, in interested in the outdoors and as, as uh, individuals as sure. we both are, uh, it's very rewarding. If we pass the torch. Pass the torch. It, I've always said it's the, it's the best education you can get. Yeah, no, and, absolutely. And your kids won't go wrong if you keep them in the woods. 
and I think that's a, a true statement. You've got great kids, and they've done it. My kids have done it, so hopefully we've passed that torch a little bit anyway. Absolutely. You the man. You the man. All right, folks, that does it for this week. Thanks for watching Buckmasters Outdoor Podcast with my good buddy Bill Jordan, and we got part two coming up soon.